Welcome to the Bentley Priory Museum podcast. I'm Tim uh, and I'm joined today by editor of the podcast series and curator of a new exhibition at Bentley Priory Museum, Alex. Hi, Alex. Hi, Tim. We've mentioned that uh, that exhibition. Would you just like to briefly remind us of, uh, of what the exhibition's about? Yeah, so Memoirs of the Blitz is basically a multi-sensory exhibition that I developed after talking to a group of people who experienced the Blitz during the Second World War. Um, at the time, most of these people would have been children, so that kind of allowed me to have a different take on the interpretation of the exhibition, and it's very much told through their eyes of being a child, which you know it gives it a bit of a unique way of thinking about the time. And of course, thinking of children, that leads us nicely into this topic of evacuees. Okay, Tim, so what exactly was the evacuation of these children and what was Operation Pied Piper? During the 1930s, the fear of the effects of bombing grew, or the fear of the possible effects of bombing grew. Uh, And in 1939, A law was introduced in the United Kingdom providing for the voluntary evacuation of women and children from cities, which might become targets for bombers, to other areas that were thought to be safer. Uh, And as the fear of the possibility of invasion by the Germans developed in 1940, provision was also made for evacuation of civilians from coastal districts that might be at threat from invasion. Operation Pied Piper, um, it was under that title that the first wave of evacuations took place in early September 1939. Further waves then took place following the occupation of France and the Low Countries in the spring of 1940, and again in September 1940 at the beginning of the Blitz, and yet again in 1944 when the German use of V-1 flying bombs and V-2 rockets began. Okay, and you you talk about these waves, so it kind of gives like this impression that there was a lot of people moving about. Just how many people were evacuated during those different times? Under under the original Operation Pied Piper, September 1939, over 3 million people were evacuated. around 735,000 school children from London in the first few days of of Operation Pied Piper alone, uh, together with 178,000 mothers and expectant mothers, with over 260,000 small children and 76,000 other eligible people. Though about a million and a quarter left London, this was only just over a third of those who were eligible to be evacuated. Okay, so it sounds like there was actually quite a lot of people stayed behind. So how was the whole idea accepted by everyone or not accepted as the case may be? Yeah, it's interesting, as is the case with every aspect of life. Some people saw it as uh, a logical thing to do, um, particularly bearing in mind the real fear of of the possible effects of bombing that had developed through actually the 1920s and the 1930s. So people were 
anticipating this huge impact of, of bombing, and indeed it would be huge, but not quite as huge as the, uh, the fears that were kind of running around in the 30s. Um, so, yeah, clearly the numbers show that not everyone who was eligible actually chose to be evacuated or to evacuate their children. Some of them questioned the value of evacuation, believing that they were as safe anywhere else as anywhere else if they were at home, or indeed that actually nowhere would be safe from bombing. Um, and many who'd been evacuated at the beginning of the war in September 1939 had returned home by the spring of 1940, which was just before the real kind of effects of bombing were, were beginning to be felt. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting, actually, that, you know, there ended up being quite a lot of people back in London and, you know, surrounding spaces. So I think they, you know, actually ended up bearing, you know, the full force of the Blitz and, you know, they kind of, the evacuation didn't really help them so much. But, you know, it's also interesting, I think, to think about, you know, like you were saying, not everyone accepted it. And I think that's clear from the people I spoke to, you know, that some of them seemed to enjoy it. Some of them really disliked it. And, you know, they mentioned how the hosts didn't particularly want them. Um, so I guess it raises, you know, some questions about the different perspectives. Yeah, it does. Um, and again, there are actually some quite interesting contrasts about what they experienced, how they experienced it. Um, you know, people who were young people who'd been told that they were being evacuated and, and sometimes, as in one case, you know, it seems from the words that were used in the description, actually being quite excited about, it was almost like they were getting ready to go on holiday, getting their bags packed, getting ready to go away with their friends. Um, and then others... So it literally was a shock, you know, the, the young lady who was put on a bus having thought that she was just going to school that morning and then finding she was on a bus and going with her sister to somewhere totally different, totally unprepared for it uh, mentally um, or psychologically. Um, you know, the different experiences of, the, of people being evacuated with a sibling sometimes staying together um, and other times siblings being split up and, and being looked after by different people. Um, children being billeted on people who were really wanting to take children in and others billeted on people who were reluctantly accepting uh, evacuees simply because they were being billeted there because they had the space to take them. Um, so that, you know, we're able to explore through these voices different perspectives of children who were being evacuated. Sadly, we no longer have the voices of those adults who were accepting refugees um, and their perspectives. And, you know, was I made? Did I do it willingly? Uh, how did I get on with the children? Had a previous experience of looking after children or was, were children billeted on me and we hadn't had a family? But lots of different uh, experiences and lots of different uh, perspectives. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, 
you know, it is good to reflect on that, that it wasn't always going to be good. It wasn't always going to be what people make it out to be. And I think that's just kind of a reflection of life in general, you know, no matter how um, hard, you know, I guess the government were trying to make things better for people, you know, it's not always going to work out that way. And um, if, if you put it into context of now, I mean, the thought of sending a child away to a stranger's home is just, yeah, it's, I don't I don't think it's something you would willingly want to do. I mean, no matter how the situation was, I think it's just, it kind of shows how, now you know present time as a society is so different to it it was back then um and i think as well you know reflecting on the different experiences it, it also comes down to the age i think that they were at the time of being sent away you know i think for instance margaret you know she was younger but she was saying her older sister has happier memories of it so you know i think it, it that comes into it and i think that was with a lot of the people I interviewed as well, you know, the ones that were a bit older, you know, they kind of had different views of what was happening, you know, not just about being evacuated, but the whole experience of the Blitz compared to those that were a lot younger, you know, because Cheryl, you know, she she spoke about, you know, the first couple of years were, you know, like hearsay, you know, she didn't really know what was happening. It's only what she's been told. So obviously to her, and her family, well, actually, I mean, she was lucky that she stayed with her family. But, you know, so obviously it's a good time. And, you know, she's took positives out of that. She loves the countryside now. Whereas, you know, someone that was a bit older, that kind of was a bit more aware of what was happening, um, being taken away from your family or being separated from your fellow siblings, you know, is quite a traumatic experience. And I think, as Ian said, you know, it's, their life, you know, is kind of alien to them. You know, he he grew up in uh, Brick Lane and then he got sent away to the countryside. So, you know, and even down to the fact of, you know, the people he was staying with were very religious. So he was having to go to church. Um, they had a different diet. They had, you know, so there's all these things that um, I think when you first talk about, oh, you know, these children were evacuated to safety, you don't really think about. and. Um, you know, so there's a lot, there's a lot of questions that I think are overlooked when, yeah, you initially think about it. Yeah, and I, for me as well, that it's interesting to, you know, you've got a real task in hand in a sense to to try and get your head around it, and that you have to recognise that society today is very different to society in the 1940s, and and as you quite rightly say, you know. Um, people who were perhaps brought up in the middle of a city, be that London or Birmingham or wherever, um, rarely got the opportunity really to travel if if they they weren't particularly well off. So suddenly they're being taken out of a very familiar environment into a totally different environment. I remember hearing a, an account once of somebody who said, you know, the first their first face to face with a with cattle yeah. in a field was like whoa are these dinosaurs or something you know um so that that those totally different environments there you know it was a very much more perhaps stratified society in those days so do you get people from 
I hate to use the term, but, you know, kind of working class London or, you know, work, working class areas of, of other cities being billeted with families who were perhaps a little more well off um, and just simple things like, you know, habits and eating and the familiarity of the routines of, of every day just having gone you know and you've got and you know, a receiving set of adults who perhaps expect children to be able to do certain things or act in certain ways and the children who are who are arriving there it's almost like those children are kind of joining a club and they they don't know what the rules of the club are yeah no absolutely <laughs> um it's not it's nobody's fault it's it's neither side's fault but there's that kind of um tension uh, that then exists between the two kind of groups so yeah it is worth thinking when we're trying to think about uh things that happened in the past actually trying to get our heads first around well how were things different in those days? And as you say, some aspects, if not all aspects of, of the thought of evacuation, that perhaps why a lot of people were simply, well, the government saying it's a good idea, so let's do it, would perhaps be far less accepted these days. We talk now about um, child protection and child safety, and you, it's a totally yeah. different world. You know, these children were being billeted on people where no checks really were being done on on those people. And I think for many people now, would you, as you said, you know, would you voluntarily send your child to a couple you you'd never met? You didn't even know their names. You didn't know where they lived. Would you do that? Yeah. In extremists, you would, and we're, we're unfortunately we are today seeing that um, in extremists. Yes, um, but these many of these evacuations at the beginning of the war were being done in anticipation of something, not in response. You know, in immediate response to something. Yeah, no, that's very true. I think you know, had had it have happened, uh, you know, slightly later when the Blitz actually did start happening, I think you know it. it might have had a bit of a different um, interpretation by people. And I think, you know, a lot more people may have accepted it. But then also, I think at that point, maybe the the whole family would have gone, you know, it wouldn't have just been the child. Like, I think it might have been a bit of a different situation, different uh, outcome um, as to just sending the child away. I think, you know, it might have been more of a mass uh, movement of people in general. I mean, it is interesting. I mean, one of the accounts was an example from later in the yes, war of a, of a family being evacuated together in response to the fact that they've been bombed out of yeah. their house. Um, but they are, you know, they are moving after an event. And to, although dad ends up living sort of slightly apart, but they do move as a family unit uh, rather than the parents, quote, sending their children away um so that's that's i found was an interesting contrast um and you know when you when you're facing these circumstances and thinking well what might happen you know 
when 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 do you take a decision to evacuate? Yeah, that's true. Um, and qu- quite rightly, again, as you point out, you know, um, many people had changed. By the time anything was happening, people had already changed their minds and brought the children back um, in, into, uh, into danger. Um, and that's the other thing. You know, that, there's being illustrated. We talk about perceptions but perceptions aren't fixed. Yeah, that's true. So people's perceptions change over time and they perceived at the outset perhaps that there was a huge threat and they better send their children away and then nothing happened and their perception changes and they missed because circumstances have changed. They miss their children. They want their children back and bring them back. So it's perceptions are not a fixed thing. And, and as we grow older, our perception of what happened to us changes. Um, yeah, over time. No, absolutely. And I think that, you know, that reflects in the people that I interviewed, you know, even though they were talking about their time as a child, you know, obviously their perceptions of what happened did change. And, you know, I think for Margaret, you know, specifically when I was talking to her, you know, her whole process of that interview was kind of understanding what happened to her. It was sort of like this. We started with her saying she hated it, you know, she was very upset, very tearful. Then it kind of got to this point where she started to question it a bit more. You know, what? why did this happen? And then by the end, it was kind of almost like she comes to this conclusion that, um, you know, maybe she was sort of like badly behaved as a child because she didn't want to be there. And, you know, so it, it was this nice sort of time for me I suppose interviewing someone but also that person not ever having that time to reflect on what had happened to them to actually finally do that so I think you know it just kind of really um puts this project into perspective and you know really illustrates the importance of doing it and allowing people to go through this sort of all history project kind of process um because yeah okay you know we can read books and watch documentaries but you know this is kind of the way we find out that just everyday people how they felt and what they experienced and I hope that you know this allows you know the listeners um to really question you know what would what would they do now in the same situation if some sort of war or conflict broke out so I think it yeah, it's just it's good to reflect on that. I, I think I agree there, Alex. And and as we draw this podcast to an end, and in the in the true spirit of the, of your exhibition, uh, which is wholly designed to make thing people think about things and think about experiences, let's invite our listeners to think themselves about those different perspectives and what they might be. So, how do you think? mums and dads felt about the possible evacuation of their children what would they be worried about how might their feelings change the longer their children were away what sort of things would the children be thinking about how do you think they would feel how might their feelings change the longer they stayed would they you know would those feelings be more positive more negative why what would the families who took in 
the evacuees feel about it? What might be the challenges for them? Do you think how they felt might change the longer the evacuees stayed, for better or for worse? We invite you to have a think about those things uh, and very much invite you to visit Memoirs of the Blitz, exhibition at Bentley Priory Museum. For now, though, over to you, Alex, to sign off. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, thank you for listening. And as Tim said, please do think about those questions. You know, the whole exhibition really was designed to be this conversation and reflection. So, you know, I think that ends this episode very nicely. And of course, please do visit and bring your family, bring your children and um, yeah, learn together, I'd say. So yeah, thank you for listening and see you next time.